Hola amigos and welcome to Willie's View Podcast. It's Friday, August 21st, 2020, and I have our special guest today, romance author Sherry Summers. Welcome. Hello. Sherry, actually. Sherry, okay, I'm glad you told me that. I um, <laughs> kept saying Sherry and Sherry, so I wanted to make sure that I was going to say it right. Yeah, glad you told me that. <laughs> okay, so let's get your, um, I had you right here on your, um, the QA, I'm, sometimes the internet acts up, so you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anything happens when you're going on a podcast, I'm telling you. Okay. So here we go. How did Hi. you how did you get started as a writer that you are today? So, um, I've been that person that always loved to write. I had a really active imagination as a child mm-hmm. and when I was in school with teachers I was always the one getting in trouble for just daydreaming. My mind would wander a lot and everything. And I would always make up stories in my head. Um, A lot of it was taking movies or television shows and putting me in them, you know, in my imagination. Like, you know, I used to be a star on Starsky and Hutch, or I was one of the guys, you know, actually one of the girls in Star Wars and things like that. Mm -hmm. I would just make up a new story with me in it. And so, um, you know, English class was always my favorite. I enjoyed writing, made the best grades in it, wasn't very good at math and science. I had to work hard at that. But um, the first actual novel I wrote was when I was 18, and um, I was inspired by a dream I had about Billy Idol, who was my favorite rock star, and it kind of just stayed, you know, I just had this written down, and then I typed it up, and it never really went anywhere, and then finally I self-published it at 50. Now, from 18 to 50, it changed quite a bit. It went from like a young romance to, you know adult romance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with, you know, a lot more sex scenes and things in it. Right. Um, so, you know, basically, you know, and as, as from my first book being published at 50 and now five years later, you know, every book I learned something new. Um, now I'm trying to figure out how to sell books and, you know, promote myself more and things like that because it's very hard. Everybody can be an author these days with self-publishing and, I did start out with a publisher. I'm actually, the last two books I've self-published because it's just a way for me to control everything from the cover to how I want to promote it and things like that. And I've actually done better with my last two books than the first four. And hopefully when they go off contract, my publisher's going to let me have my rights back to them in December and then I'll re-release them in the new year and hopefully they'll do better. Well, I commend you as writer to writer. Um, I know what you're talking about because it's just so. I can tell you right now, the 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 author's world out there, um, it's just you have to be so um, careful because of what's going out there. With you got different publishers that do take advantage of other authors, so you want to yeah. be really really careful. I'm thankful to my editor and uh, PA that I have. Her name's Avril, and she's amazing. But I, I understand exactly where you come from. Sometimes you do have to make those changes so that you can, you know, go to your destination spot and become the famous writer that we know that you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. with, you know, if you have a big publisher, 
publisher like Avon Books or, you know, one of those, you know, top of the line publishers. That's one thing. But when you do an indie publisher, and I was kind of naive thinking, oh, they're going to sell my book for me. Well, basically, all they did was, you know, set up the type and, you know, get the print out and, you know, hire a cover person and everything. And I'm like, when it came to advertising, they expected me to do it. And I was just oh, like, yeah. um, you know. Yeah. It, it's I a process. I collect more of the money and, mm-hmm. you know, do all that myself. So, it was, oh, yeah. you know, I learned a lot from them. And, you know, I'll always be thankful. I still have my first letter of them, you know, accepting that manuscript that I, you know, hold near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I hear you, yes. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a process. And, um, like I said, I'm glad that you didn't give up because, you know, I saw the cover to your book and and the books and i'm like oh my gosh it just it literally draws me in so yeah so don't don't give up keep doing keep yeah. keep fighting um what would you say was the challenging moments in writing for the characters in your book um well the first four books you know that first book is part I, was part of a series mm-hmm. and um it's a four book series right now i have book five ready to go you know it'll be released in the new year once mm-hmm. it goes through the editing that because in my I, I'm, I'm a writer too and uh, an indie uh, self-published as well and in my book that I did in LGBTQ romance um, I did that where I, d- I ended up killing one character off and I wasn't sure if I should bring him back or what's going on so I think every writer should have that dilemma because it challenges challenges you as a writer and you kind of know where you're gonna go with the characters and how serious you are about the field and, and the and the craft that you're creating in your book so um, yeah, yeah. yeah, those those what do you call it? I call them um, crossroads. It's a crossroads right, to yeah. decide what you're gonna and do. Yeah. One thing that I, I I've, I've done in that series, especially, um, is people that were in the first book who you don't ever hear from again. <laughs> all of a sudden they all of a sudden they pop up in my third book or the fourth book. I kind of put them back in there in some way. And there was one character because it's about a rock band, and I did kill one of the members off, and. I felt bad about it, and yeah. then I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to bring him back, and I did, and I don't want to give too much of it away, because right. it's not really him, right, right, not yeah. really him, but it was a way to... Right, yeah, <laughs> like an essence of him, an essence of yeah. him. I hear you, I, I did that too. Yeah, I killed one yeah. character off, and I was like, okay, this is going to be it. And you know how the readers are, they get, they're invested as we are, and we're the ones that write it, so this is the interesting part. And I'll be getting people getting, you know, they, they do their little reviews of, of what they felt the book and this, and they're like, oh, tell me you didn't kill him off. Tell me he's coming back. Tell me he's coming back. And you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, he's supposed to be dead. <laughs> We're supposed to be on, you know, move forward from the character and all that. So it's good when the writer, when the readers are just as invested as the, as the writers and they want you to either bring the character back or keep him gone. So, you know, I like that because it's good interaction. 
So yeah. I love that. It's amazing. I mean, that's just one of the perks of, of being a writer because you're getting to to know your readers and the platform and and what they want from your characters. But the, the most important part I can tell every writer is just don't let them control too much of your writing because then you're going to lose yourself and you're going to lose away from your your true um, first uh, original creativity of an idea you had as the story that you originally had written. Because right. it can get it can get like that. Like actors in Hollywood, uh, they do a movie and then too many too many suggestions pop in their head, and they get like they lose their idea of the script that they're reading on. It happens because you don't want to get too much into that uh, vacuum. Right. Yeah. That you know, there was a big You know, I know you know that the author community on Twitter is just huge, and one day there was a big argument about should we look at reviews or not. And I was surprised at how many authors said they don't look at reviews. Those are for other readers. But I do look at my reviews, and I've taken in that advice. And one of the things that um, came up in a review was in my latest series, they talked about the insta-love, and they didn't like that trope of the Mm insta-love. You meet someone and fall in love. And she thought things, you know, just sped along too quickly. And I had actually thought that I handled one of the characters goes through rehab and I just thought I rushed that storyline. And because of that review and me thinking about that rush of storyline, the second book came out of it, you know? So I think that there is some validity in reviews and you can learn from them and do a little better. Oh no, that's very true. Um, I was like everybody else. When I first started out as a writer, um, I was really worried about reviews because people, like the readers, they love to read books, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to some reviews, they can get really nasty. And I read it when I first got my first book out. And it was okay, you know, it was civil. But some of them did get a little crazy. And so I just kind of steered away from it. And then a couple months back, I decided to go back and check it. Which I'm glad, like you, I'm glad I did because I saw that they liked this, they liked this. Maybe a little change of this. There wasn't enough. And you're going to laugh. But one of the... One of the reviews was that there wasn't enough sex in the in the in the, in the book, or <laughs> it was too much sex, and I'm laughing yeah, I, because yeah, I kind of tense that there was you know there's romance and drama and there's of course there's sex, but it gave me the inspiration like you to write in my other books, especially the third book of it. I decided to amp the auntie on on the sex part of the romance in the book, and it was amazing. I I just you know it, and it's true some reviews. They can get a little um, uncordial, but the ones that are nice and they're true to the heart, they can really do some major amazing changes for us writers. It can lead us to more books, to new characters, and so many ideas. It's amazing. Or just, you know, just improving your writing craft, too. I know yes. that when I, as a, as a writer now, and an independent author at that, I'm a lot more, I don't know, um, the word just escaped me, but I'm a lot more conscientious of when I give a review to a book, especially to another independent author, that I always, even if I hate the book, mm-hmm. and there's been some that I've read that I absolutely hated, Yeah, I'll just say, the type of reader who would like this book is, not, you know, I don't say it's not me, but I'll right. say, okay, if you like action, adventure, and very little sex, this book is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I try to find some positive, sometimes it's hard, but I always try to do something positive. Because I know how hard we work, you know, at, you know, perfecting our craft and mm-hmm. getting it out there and promoting. So I always try to do something positive.
positive in a review. I hear that. I'm like that too. I'm very, very cautious. Were there times that you had to cut scenes from your story to fit the audience and the direction of the characters and their storylines? Yeah, so I was, you know, when I mentioned that I almost killed a character off, I'll go ahead and tell you who it was. It was this uh, mm -hmm. best friend of my main male character, and his name is, they all have nicknames because they're in a rock band, so his name mm -hmm. is Cat. Okay. And when I did his story, which is book four of Love on Fire, there was a scene in there where he gets so angry that he kind of gets rough with the girl that he's in love with, but she's, you know, going through a terrible divorce and she can't figure out her husband's kind of blackmailing her and everything. Mm -hmm. She can't figure out what they're doing. He gets so frustrated with her. There was a scene where he gets very rough with her and it becomes like this rough, almost sex scene. And after I wrote it, I was like, this is not Kat. He's never been, he's not an angry person. He's never been, like, physically violent, really. Well, one couple times he did punch somebody, but mm -hmm. they deserved it. But he's never been that, that guy that would get rough with someone he, you know, cared about, a woman especially. Mm -hmm. And so I just backed it up and rewrote it into another way, you know, and I liked it better. <laughs> I know, right? It's amazing how, you know, again, just the writing aspect of it. There's things that you write when you're first starting out and you think it's going to fit the story. And then just like a movie director, you realize some scenes aren't just that cut and dry. Like sometimes you got to cut some scenes out or maybe you have too many characters in one scene. You want to cut it out and change it up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you are comfortable with it, keep doing it. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm having a hard time with, you know, I'm writing book three in my new series, which is Love and Lush. And I'm having a hard time figuring out where I want it to go. And so mm -hmm. sometimes I'll write a scene and it's going this way. And then I go, no, that's not going to get me to the end where I want to go. It's going <laughs> to, you know, diverge into something else. So let me take that back. Yeah. And, you know, try something else. So it's just, you know, it's trial and error. I like that. Which other genres would you like to write for? Um, it's funny because I read just about anything that looks interesting to me. Mm -hmm. There's things I really am not into, like I'm not into, you know, I never read Harry Potter books, I never read Lord of the Rings books, even though I like the movies. But, you know, fantasy and that kind of thing never really, is a weird I didn't really like. Mm -hmm. and I, but I've always liked romance. And I don't, it's like sometimes I feel like I couldn't write anything else, even though, you know, I read books, I read so many biographies, autobiographies about serial killers, Mm -hmm. And yes, there are some who have written a lot of biography and um, books on criminal psychology. But I, I'm at that point now where I'm, like, I'm just still not thinking I could ever write a book about, you know, crime and, you know, mystery type, type of book. But then, you know, when I, when I wrote, you know, for my new series, you know, I, I would see authors online and they were writing paranormal romance. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, it's not my thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have this dream about meeting the ghost of this, you know, rock star who I, you know, admire, who, you know, died. And I had a dream about meeting him. And I was like, I woke up going, that would be a good story. Hmm. Someone meeting the ghost of a famous person and they fall in love somehow. And it just, the book came out of that. And I never would have ever thought I'd write paranormal. But I do, you know, when I, you know, People always want you to pigeonhole yourself into a certain romance genre, and mine don't really fit. You know, my first book has new adult, but it's also considered erotic romance. Right. You know, it's also rock star romance because it's about rock stars. Yeah. So yeah. I cross, 
I kind of cross several genres, you know, there, you know, I have mystery in them and I have, I do have some criminal elements sometimes. I put a lot of comedy in my books as well. I like that. So you're putting a little bit of yourself in there like that. I just try to pull like everything, you know, if you have a rock band, I've got five guys in my band. They're all five different personalities. They've all got five stories to tell. I love that. That's awesome. My daughter, my daughter told me, we were talking about my books and like you kill everyone off and I said yeah I do kill a lot of people <laughs> 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 and it's like can't help it but that yeah. brings the emotion into it yeah. oh yeah that adds the fun adds the fun to it exactly I love that um so can you tease a little about your latest book and maybe its characters um I'm sorry I didn't hear the second part oh um can you tease a little bit about your latest book and maybe its characters? Oh, the characters. Okay, so so like I was saying, my first series is Love on Fire. It has four books. I have completed the fifth one. Right now I'm editing through it, trying mm-hmm. to cut down some words because I, I write long books. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's book five, and the first three books focus on the lead singer and the girl that he falls in love with in high school and how they get to adulthood over three books, and then book four was the bass player, and book five now is the keyboardist, and, you know, he's the silly, goofy person of the Mm -hmm. band, and Mm -hmm. I just, over the first four books, just fell in love with this character, and he's so funny, and he's just, every time something bad's happening, he's the one that throws in a joke and tries to make people laugh and feel better, so it was very hard to break this man's heart and put him through some stuff in this Mm -hmm. book. But, you know, he just, he was that guy who just wanted to party all the time, sleep around with different women, and <laughs> for the first time he falls in love, and then I just break his heart. Mm-hmm. But there's a happy ending, so. Great. That's cool. I like that. Can you, um, can we get a teaser from your latest book, just an excerpt? Um, an excerpt? Okay, so my latest book is called Heaven Sent, and... Heaven Sent is the sequel to Eternally Wild, and like I said, this book series was, and I don't know if you know this person, but Michael Hutchins was the lead singer of the band In Excess, okay. and he's the one that I had the dream about meeting his ghost. He died, and he passed away in 1997. Mm. Ironically, that dream that I had was in 2017, and you know, I woke up and I said, oh, this would be a great idea for a book, and then I didn't do anything with it. And it just so happened that that November was the 20th anniversary of his death. And I happened to see an interview with the rest of the band talking about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, my book. And I just started writing it right away. And Eternally Wild actually comes from one of their songs. And Heaven Sent is actually the name of one of their songs. Oh, I love that. It's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. (laughs) So Heaven Sent, so... um, in the first book, Eternally Wild, there's a scene where the main female character meets um, one of the main, there's two main male characters, but one of the ma- main male characters, um, she actually, uh, <laughs> kind of have to back up a little bit, but the ghost of this rock star sends her to his house, which is he willed to his best friend. Mm-hmm. They don't know that this guy is living there or not. She goes there, nobody's living there, so she starts living there. And then one night, I mean, one morning she wakes up and this guy's in bed with her, which is the guy who actually owns the house now. 
kind of confusing, but it's really not when you read it. <laughs> but in the first book, the first book is told from the female main character's point of view. And heaven sent, I actually put the exact same scene at the very beginning, but with his point of view. So it's like all the same things are happening in the same dialogue, okay. but all the inner thoughts are his. Oh, I love that. that it sounds so twisty. I know. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I love reading was, books. So your, your book, like I said, it literally stood out to me in just the, not just the cover, but the idea and the story and the plot lines and everything. And it's like... I definitely had to bring you on to my show because I'm just like, I'm such an avid reader. I love books. But your book, it just literally just stood out among so many. Yeah. And it just like, I love this. This is going to be such an amazing book to read. So this, like I said, this is book two. And a lot of people who read book two without reading book one did say they didn't really get the whole ghost thing. So I think people really have to read. I mean, even though I explain it, it's better mm -hmm. to read the first book so you know how all that went down. <laughs> but anyway, so this scene takes place, like I said, in the beach house that he, this woman was sent to. And so you want me to read this? Yeah, all set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I did. I tried to do my first audio book over the summer, and I'm not good at voices, so I'll try to... I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... When he awoke later that morning, he was still rock hard. He snuggled closer to the woman. This is the woman he's never met and doesn't know why he's, you know, she's in the bed with him. Pressing his erection into her curvy backside and wrapping an arm around her waist. She smelled delicious, like sugar cookies. Caesar's vanilla oil. Caesar is the ghost, by the way. The scent made his heart ache. His friend had bought it years ago in Thailand while they were on tour and wore it every day afterward. Where did she find it? I've missed you so much, she sighed dreamily. Maybe I do know her. Being an addict made those one-night stands even more difficult to remember. He nestled his bristly chin against her silky smooth neck. He felt her inhale sharply. Oh my God, she scrambled out of the bed. Her beautiful blue eyes were wide with shock. Where are you going, baby? His mind filled with wicked thoughts of what he'd like to do with those luscious curves that were now on full display to him. Smiling wildly, he patted the bed. Come back, we were just getting started. You're not Caesar. She yanked the comforter from the bed and wrapped it around herself, leaving him bare in the process. Her eyes went even wider. Hand supporting his head, he lay back against the pillow. Let her look. His waist might be a little bit thicker these days, but his cock had always been thick. It was something else women had always loved about him. Sweetie, if you're expecting Caesar, you're in for a big disappointment. But I promise with me, you won't be. She cast her eyes downward before turning away from him. Part of the blanket fell away, leaving her exposed again. Nice ass, babe. Stop looking at me. She wrapped the blanket around her twice this time, creating a cocoon. Can you please pull up the sheet or put some clothes on? He laughed. You break into my house and have the nerve to tell me what to do? She stood with her back to him. Please? If you insist, he told her, and draped the sheet over his crotch. Okay, done. She turned around and her mouth dropped when she saw the tent that he had pitched. Quickly, she turned away again. Johnny, please. Do I know you? If you cover yourself completely, we can talk. 
Damn, woman, you're fucking bossy. He threw back the sheet and got up. She peered over her shoulder. I see you peeking, he said as he slipped on his jeans. All right, done. She turned back around. He covered his eyes, mocking her. Oh, please, cover yourself. My eyes are burning. I'm melting. Her face flushed red with anger as he doubled over and began laughing hysterically at her. She picked up her pillow and threw it at him. Oh, you want to play games? He grabbed the pillow from the floor, ran to her side of the bed, and pelted her with it. She struggled to block the blows and stay covered at the same time. Johnny, stop! Grabbing the comforter, he yanked her close and wrapped his arms around her waist. Who the hell are you? My name is Melanie. She wiggled, prying herself loose. If you wait for me downstairs, I'll be right down to explain everything. I promise. Yes, boss man, he saluted, then pretended to march down the stairs. He peeked around the doorway. Hmm, nice tits, too. Johnny, again, she pulled the comforter around her. Go, I'll cook breakfast as soon as you let me get dressed. He grinned widely. Now you're talking. Quickly, he flew down the stairs. Feeling dehydrated, he drank a bottle of water he found in the fridge. What's taking her so long? He knew he'd unnerved her, but her frustration and feistiness were keeping his dick hard. He ran back up the stairs. Where is she? There was movement in the master bathroom. Johnny banged on the door loudly. Hey, I'm waiting on breakfast and I'm starving. Hurry up. She slung open the door. Who's being bossy now? He laughed loudly. I'm starting to like you. And that's... (laughs) Oh, I love it. It definitely has me hooked. Yeah, I yeah I love creating characters that have that tension where there's lots of attraction, but mm-hmm. they don't like each other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, okay, what are four favorite movies that you like? Okay, so four of my favorites, and there were quite a few, and I had to decide on the top <laughs> one. So my all-time favorite movie is like a weird choice, but it's Last of the Mohicans. I just, I love that movie. Okay. Daniel Day, Daniel Day-Lewis and um, Adeline Stowe, and it's very romantic, but it also has historical drama, and I wrote three papers in college on that movie. <laughs> That's how much I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, just in different subjects. But. And then I love The Crow, which is Brandon Lee, his third and last movie. Yeah, that's a and really good movie. Yeah, I, I just love it. I, and it's to me, it's like a beautiful romance again, but it's kind of, you know, it's dark, but it's it's still a romance. He loves her and he right. seeks revenge. Mm-hmm. And then Man on Fire, same thing. Denzel Washington loves this little girl. He takes care of her. And then when she's kidnapped, he just all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. And then Legends of the Fall, because I don't think Brad Pitt ever looked any better. I love all those. Those are all good choices. And since you love yeah. romance so much, especially, you know, just romance and dark, have you have you watched the movie? It's called City of Angels. Um, is that the second Crow one? It's supposed it's like the second, to have, like I believe it's Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's I a classic, but it's good. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's the Crow part two. was It wasn't Brandon Lee because he passed away, but... Mm-hmm. I think that it was called City of Angels, Crow Part Two. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Sure. I know they kind of went a little crazy. I remember that movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember it made, what was that song from, oh, 
oh, it was like, uh, I can't remember the name of the group. It was like the big 90s hit. But it was like the, one of the best love songs ever. Mm, I can't remember. Movie, from that movie, um, City of Angels. Yeah. Oh, what's the last book that you read? Um, the last book that I read was actually a small, no, it's not that small, but it was a novella. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm <laughs> doing that right. I'll be a stupid author who doesn't know how to pronounce it. But um, it's, I have a, another indie author friend, Sean Kerr, mm-hmm. and he writes a lot of gay romance, too. But he, you know, male-male romance, I should say. Oh, yes. Shout out to Sean. He's amazing. Yeah, so Sean Kerr, and then he also writes horror, too, and then he also combines the male-male romance with the horror sometimes. Yes. And I read his book, Hush Little Baby, which was quite disturbing. Mm, I have to check that out. I I love dark and crazy and sometimes disturbing books. Yeah, that one's really creepy. <laughs> so do you have any advice to future aspiring writers? So my advice first is, you know, I have a lot of friends who are my age and coworkers, mm-hmm. and they'll say, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but they just haven't done it. So mm-hmm. first thing is, if you want to do it, you should do it. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't think you're too old. Um, like I said, I was 50 when my first book was published. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what you want to do, then, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do self-publish, because like we said, the market is so flooded with these, you know, self-published authors now, and everybody can be an author because Amazon makes it so easy. Yeah. That you really, you have to figure out your niche and you have to figure out how you're going to promote and how you're going to stand above the rest and one of the things to do is you need to get a good editor because if readers start reading something where words are misspelled and mm-hmm. grammar's terrible, they're not going to read it. That's very true. And, um, you know, my editor's really, you know, she's great. And But even between the two of us, we'll miss things. When I was working on my audio book of Eternally Wild this summer, as I was reading, I went, oh, miss that. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, you know, with Amazon, you can go back in quickly and, you know, fix that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, so what message or messages would you like your readers to get from your latest book that you released and others that you've written? Um, one thing, you know, it's funny. When I wrote my first book, I, you know, as, as being an 18-year-old and then over the years before I was 50, I always saw that book as the female story, you know. The, the girl's name is Melody. Mm-hmm. Not to get confused with Melanie from the next series, who I planned to change that name and never did. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that was her story, her book, her romance. But mm-hmm. as I wrote all three of the books, I realized this is the male main character. It's his story. He's the one that has to undergo such a big change from the way he is in the first book. And yeah. he has to grow up and he has to deal with his demons. And so it's a very strong male character. And he's surrounded by his band, which is also strong male characters. So I like that my male characters are very strong. They're not afraid to cry. They're not afraid to, you know, love each other, you know, not in a you know, physical sense, but would do anything for, you know, they're, they're like family. Yeah. You know, and there's a scene that every time I read it, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because this does happen to me, but every time I read this one scene, you know, I didn't kill Cat off, but I did kind of give him a scare one time. And and when I did that, and they were afraid that he was going to die, they just break down and cry with each other and hug each other. And I just thought, 
we don't see enough of that from, you know, males. Yeah. And so I really, you know, like that I have strong male characters that have very deep feelings and friendships with their, you know, with each other and, and love each other and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just, you know, close friends. So, and I, you know, I always give my male characters a lot of inner demons to struggle with too, so, and overcome that. Well, that's good. That's, that's really uh, creative and plot driven and, you know, I like that. It's really detailed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I do a lot of flawed people or people that have, you know, I have an abusive background, you know, when I was a child. So a lot of my characters do have to, you know, they suffered from abuse either as a child or something happened to them in adulthood or whatever. So I, I put a lot of that into my books and how they overcome that and, you know, learn to love themselves and everything. I like that. I like that you're, you know, really in depth and in, in in tuned with what yes, you're writing about in the characters that you write. It's interesting how we always put so I mean, just even little tiny details <clears throat> about characters will come from my own life or stories of people that have been around me. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, the vanilla oil that was in that scene, that was a, a perfume that I bought from, body shop years and years ago mm -hmm. they used to have this vanilla oil and when I wore that people always told me what smells like I smell cookies what is cookies <laughs> and just that little you know little thing that happened in my life mm -hmm. and then I met Fabio the you know rom romance cover god mm -hmm. and he even said it. he's like what perfume are you wearing you smell so delicious you know and I'm, so even that little thing you know we put into our stories and we just pick little things up here and there and and names, you know, I get names from my friends and things like that, so. I love that. It's really cool. Well, I've enjoyed having you. It's been such a pleasure. And I would definitely one day like to uh, collaborate and work on a book with you. That would be really cool to do. Um, yeah, that would be fun. And uh, I was going to invite you to come back. Um, I was thinking maybe around October. That would be perfect for towards maybe right towards Halloween week. And if you have any books that you're going to release during that time or any books you want to re-release or anything, maybe we could do a giveaway and maybe a uh, live in call-in for your readers to call and they can ask some questions as well. Okay, that, was, that sounds good. It might, yeah. be better after, might be better after the new year, though, because that's when all my other books are going to be. That'd be cool, first, too. Because, yeah, my first series, I'm going to rebrand it, put new covers on them, new, actually new titles. Okay. You know. Just keep me posted. I'll be glad. You also made a new bestie here because I'm like you. I'm a big English uh, major on that, that I love English. And um, I wasn't that good on math either, so we kind of are the same on that. <laughs> so we kind of like when we don't do good on the one one subject, we do better on the next. So that's really cool. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, definitely don't be a stranger. And I'll be glad to promote the rest of your your books and your, you know, anything that you need to promote, just send it to me. And I've, I've got my own online publications magazine online, and I'll send you the link to that. And I'll just keep okay. promoting products and, you know, anything that you're needing promotions. Uh, I'll be glad yeah. to help you with that. That's not a problem. Yeah, my, you know, that Love and Lust series was just on Amazon. It's still on sale because I said till September 1st, but now I've put them on. I've actually taken it off the Kindle Unlimited KDP Select, mm -hmm. and now it's on Kobo and Barnes and Noble and Apple. You know, so all my books are in those places. Oh, that's great so to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest, and I um, wish you the best for the weekend. And uh, stay safe out there because we're still doing this crazy pandemic. Oh, 
<laughs> All right. Have a good one, sweetie. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Good night.